This is Dan Eaton, and this is Crisis Management, a Columbus Business First podcast about doing business amid the coronavirus pandemic. In this episode, I talked with Joe Galati, co-owner of Commune. The plant-centric restaurant has been one of Columbus's most heralded dining spots since opening in 2018. In an industry that's been challenged maybe more than most, Commune found hurdles above and beyond even many of its peers. Carryout was never part of its business plan. Its innovative, often rotating menu didn't lend itself well to travel. And the restaurant itself was too small to properly space under the new rules. It's still closed to dine-in today. Galati walked me through the past year, the start and stops, what worked, and what didn't. We talk about how close the restaurant came to closing forever, what saved it, and what Galati needs to see to feel comfortable to return to normal operations. As always, thanks for listening. Thank you very much for joining me here. Uh, you know, just wanted to chat about how the last year has gone for you. I think, Lisa, as, as an outsider, kind of following what you've been doing, you know, you've had a little bit of a different experience from a lot of folks, given in the, the kind of conservative way I think you've, you've approached the business. Uh, so I wanted to chat about that. And maybe the best place to start would be going back about a year ago and kind of take me through, you know, the iterations of your business, your kind of thought process as, as this whole situation evolved. It's weird because it is like literally a year from, from like today. I think that, I'm trying to remember exactly, I want to say I had sent a note effectively, you know, with DeWine kind of saying shutting down the restaurants. I think I had sent an email to my staff like that night being like, hey guys, everyone, you know, 99% of you are laid off, you know, effective immediately. The handful of like salaried employees, I kind of just said, okay, let's figure out what this means, but this is probably coming for us too, but let's at least regroup. All this just kind of ramped up so fast, you know, especially when I started looking over last year's reservation numbers, just how quickly, you know, it was like normal towards like the end of February and then early March, just like started dropping off. And I was like, man, I can't remember. It's, it's just weird looking back, seeing how little we knew. And I guess we're kind of prepared for everything. It became something where once we kind of shut down, we did like two days of just kind of like clearing out inventory, doing a bunch of takeout sales, which mm-hmm. us, and we'll come to this probably later, you know, commune has historically not really done takeout specifically for dinner. It's like, we were like, no, we want the food, come in here. If you want it to go, we'll put it in a bowl for you that you can get. And then we'll rebox it. Like they want to make it as inconvenient as possible. Cause you know, the intent is come here and enjoy it here in the space. Um, The food wasn't meant to necessarily like travel a ton. So anyway, so we did that, cleared out some inventory and then wrapped up with the remaining staff, like by the end of that week where we kind of said, okay guys, you know, we're going to get everyone kind of like on unemployment. And we're going to see how this goes. You know, I think at the time too, it was, you know, a few weeks shutdown, not knowing how long it was. I think in my head, I was thinking this is probably going to be like a year and a half. I was like, I don't know, like just with historical data of like how long it takes to manufacture a vaccine and everything else. I'm like, I just, I see this getting worse before it gets better. And this is, we're not going to be out of this uh, for a while. So we kind of just took a break. Um, for the next couple months, really just keeping up with some of the staff, trying to stay abreast of just like what we can do for everyone. Again, like, you know, the service industry being kind of rocked so hard immediately, we were just constantly looking for like, okay, what are ways that we can do best for the staff? 
make sure that they're somewhat supported. So I think we were making some like meal boxes for them, you know, trying to help out like where we could. And, you know, that kind of went up until May or so where it was a few months off from the business and just being like, okay, well, what do we do? What is the plan? And I think yeah. this is where, you know, the government's like, Hey, you know, there's this PPP funding that we're going to be doing. This is how we're going to be helping businesses. Um, and we get applied and was fortunate to get like a, a, a decent chunk of change. Mm -hmm. But what really made it complicated was the ever changing rules and everything else with PPP when it first yeah. came out. So even while I feel like we were fortunate to get some sort of funding um, from that to kind of like help maybe have us float, kind of get it to the next point, the requirements were definitely not made for restaurants. And I know some of my, you know, business peers, like they were just like dumping all this money into, you know, hiring back their staff to do maybe nothing, you know, just like but taking them off unemployment and just doing that. And I was like, this doesn't make a lot of sense for us. I'm like, I don't know if we can even get this money forgiven. So we didn't even touch it for, you know, several months mm -hmm. until I think they made some revisions maybe in June, mid to late June. So then it kind of just became me and our executive chef, I kind of had brought back on payroll say, hey, come back on. You know, I think he's having some issues with unemployment at the time anyway. I'm like, come back on, we'll figure this stuff out later. Um, but at least we can be pie eating and noodling just what do we think this is going to look like? The start of this, and so that's like getting into June, and obviously as in June, you know, everything also continues to go to hell with yeah. um, just like all the, you know, social unrest with just, just like all the activism that, that was going on. And that was another just like, man, this like, this year is just getting more and more wild. So Chef Jacob and I were just kind of like, okay, well, how do we, we need to do something because I think like from a business side, I'm like, you know, I don't know if I can get this money forgiven. So I don't really want to touch it. The little bit of reserves that the business does have, like we're eating through. So we need to do something. And if that something is just like just enough to pay for his salary or something else, like what's the mm -hmm. minimal amount of work that we could do. That was kind of the goal. So, and then with everything of kind of going on with the city, we kind of immediately were like, okay, well, what can we do that's, helping the cause. I mean, I think the whole point was like, okay, it's kind of feeling like maybe with some of these updates, we might be able to get some of this money forgiven. And realistically, at the end of the day, we don't need the profits right now. Like this is, gonna be, this is a long game. Um, this is not going to end anytime soon. And realistically, there's bigger things going on right now in the city, in the state country, you know, that like we need to do what we can for. So over the next a uh, couple of weeks, you know, Jacob kind of came through and we kind of came back late June with like a five course, like dinner kit to take home. Mm -hmm. That did really well. It was effectively just him and I kind of doing it. So he was, you know, swamped. I think we sold like 90 of them, mm -hmm. you know, and they were like, uh, I forget what it was. It was something like there's 15 components to the dinner. So it was just like a lot of stuff, um, a lot of little dishes to make. And so that, and that kind of set like the tone for the next several of these like dinner kits. So we were just kind of like concepting out like a new kit each week, selling them. And then we were taking the profits, which at that point was everything but the food costs and just saying like, okay, we're going to donate this stuff out. Um, mm -hmm. And so we were able to raise just over 15,000 for a handful of um, social justice organizations in Columbus. So that felt great, you know, that we were able to kind of do, um, do some good for the community and, 
you know, ultimately kind of operating what we felt was a safe environment. You know, again, very small team here, just Jacob, myself. I think we brought back our sous chef at some point to help a little bit. And, but really just trying to keep things safe for them, keep guests safe. And then after that, we kind of like took a break. We're like, okay, well, let's kind of figure out what next is. Like, is this a viable business model? Can we do this? Do we need to be doing more? And it was still kind of like the fallout of everything else going on in the city. So it was like, okay, cool. This was a lot. It's probably too much for just two people or two and a half people to kind of like keep running this ship this way, but let's reevaluate. So we kind of took the next, you know, four weeks off and kind of talked about what was next. And so what came back was uh, something kind of similar, you know, dinner kits that, you know, we would sell that you'd be able to like prep at home. Mm -hmm. Um, And we did that for, you know, another couple of months. And I think it was, I think the issue that we found is I would argue that restaurants like ours, so restaurants that were kind of in a full service model, mm-hmm. we're not built for takeout. Like right. the model doesn't, you know, it's not just like how we're set up, but it's like the food, the type of food, the quality, like all those things are meant to be enjoyed, you know, within minutes of being prepared. And so when we, we had contemplated, like, do we do traditional takeout? And we kept leaning no, because a lot of the takeout we were getting from around town, just like it, it you know, was fine, but it wasn't hitting at the same levels that we knew that those restaurants were capable of. Yeah. Um, so like, well, this is a little bit easier. You know, it's like, yeah, it's different, a little more work on the guests when they take it home, but to us, it was a more optimal experience. But, at, but there's some issues too, where we just ran into, you know, we can only produce so many things. It was kind of like pre-order ahead of time, which was supposed to help us get to a place where we can control inventory, but that mm-hmm. really wasn't the case. People were wanting to order the day of, and just, it, it just became more complicated and we couldn't scale it in the way that we wanted to. So the offerings were always pretty limited. It was either mm-hmm. like dinner for one and dinner for two and two options. And after we saw kind of sales just, you know, level out and normalize, mm-hmm. we're like, okay, this isn't going to be sustainable either. So let's pivot again. So we went back and said, okay, well, what if we try to build a takeout menu that we think can travel well, all these things, but that you get it hot and just see what that looks like, you know, maybe bring another guy back um, on payroll, you know, and really try to help make that system work. So that's, you know, so we did that for fall, you know, and relaunched it uh, again, which felt, you know, and it's, that's the constant thing. It's like, it's the start, stop, start, stop. Yeah. Um, as you know, as we kind of pivot to make things work. And by this time we kind of had like, burn through all the PPP funds. It was just like, okay, well now we need to make this stuff work. Like yeah. there's a little bit of cash like left, like left over to go, but now this has to work. So that fire was a little bit more real. So we effectively did that for another couple months. And I want to say in November, we had one of the kitchen guys had a close call with COVID. Like mm-hmm. they, um, went to class with someone who uh, had tested positive. So then they were worried, they're like, hey, we're, you know, we're probably exposed. We should probably go get tested. So then that was like, well, we've got a team of three people here counting me. So you're exposed and we're probably exposed. So we need to get tested. So it's just yep. like the whole thing now grinds to a halt, you know, and at that time too, this is you know, early November, mid-November, you know, testing was still not super easy to do. They really wanted you to have like a bevy of symptoms before they'd even test you, mm-hmm. which were pretty rare. So we just kind of got in and it took about, you know, two weeks to get everyone tested and things back. And by that time, at time, it was, you know, pretty much Thanksgiving and we're like, okay, let's do like a Thanksgiving dinner kit. And that's yeah. it. Just bring it all back in. Like, let's 
figure out a few touch points. So we said, let's just do a, a, a dinner kit effectively for Thanksgiving, maybe Christmas and New Year's, and that's it. And let's kind of figure the rest out. Because again, the, the, the model, and this is the hard part where when I looked across other restaurants, is I just, I wasn't understanding quite, and maybe it's also my, my limited experience, which is like working with the health department in the sense of like, what are the, what's the right steps? And with us having such a small staff, it seemed like if there was any possible of exposure, like possibility of exposure, then like we all had to shut down. So the risk of maybe being open, sure, might make us a little, like a little bit of money, but if there's a any kind of like um, person who's like tested positive, I feel like it's gonna shut the restaurant down until they're like, quarantined or taken care of. And it's just like, that doesn't make any sense. You know, you make a few thousand to then not make, you know, two weeks worth of um, money. So. So that's kind of like how we ended the year, just uh, with a few dinner kits. Jacob also had, he was kind of like near the end of his, you know, sanity, just like constantly trying to pivot over and over and over again. Uh, and then he was also looking at the, uh, there's taking some time for himself and also like moving away. Um, mm -hmm. So we kind of wrapped up with Jacob at the end of the year um, and kind of had our sous chef and our small team just pick up from January kind of first on. And I think another one of the parts that as, as we've been observing it, I think, you know, you kind of mentioned too, like I've overall taken a pretty conservative take mm -hmm. on how we operate. And again, most of that just comes down to just how I think this is just, just me is like, how can I do this safely for my team? Like, yeah, we're the ones who are out here trying to make this stuff work. So if I don't feel like I can kind of like, I don't say guarantee, but minimize the risk as much as possible, I just don't know how those things work. So but there's a point, and this is where Jacob and I were trying to figure out towards the end of the year is you can only kind of like, like hunker down so much yeah. until it doesn't make any more sense. Like at some point the business still needs to make its obligations. You know, those numbers are difficult, you know, to make if you just wanted to have a single concept like, oh, we're to make sandwiches. Okay, well, we need to sell 500 sandwiches a day to make this work. And that doesn't seem very realistic, uh, especially in the current climate. Mm -hmm. I was kind of doodling with, with the idea of like, well, what if we lean into something more than like kind of like pulling back mm -hmm. so that was kind of the idea with how we like kind of relaunched in january was okay well what if we lean in a little bit what what if we bring on some of the kitchen staff kind of lean in do a bit bigger of a takeout menu mm -hmm. um you know we so how does that how could that work for us you know, in the meantime we also had been um kind of hosting our friends who started a coffee business parable mm -hmm. coffee they approached us over the summer um, since we weren't using the restaurant during the daytime. They're like, hey, would you mind us doing a pop-up? And I was like, yeah, for sure. And so that turned into you know a couple of months. I mean, I think they started September, October maybe. Mm -hmm. And they've kind of been going since and just kind of expanded their hours um, this year. So that's been cool to see as well. And I think you know with them kind of operating out of here kind of gave me a little bit of hope, I guess, just like seeing more people coming in, like in and out, you know, yeah. I think by coffee and just seeing it was like okay well maybe we can do if we do lean in maybe there's something there so yeah so that kind of leads us to today so it's we've got you know we're doing takeout currently wednesday through sundays uh we got dinner from wednesday to saturday night um daytime stuff um yeah that wednesday through sunday that kind of like aligns with the coffee guys and their hours and it's been going okay you know we're not making any money you know at yeah. the end of the day you know we're still you know, down from breaking even, which is, you know, even in this smaller reduced, you know, kind of scope, 
but it feels right as far as to us just like having an offering that feels like it has enough breadth of choice and everything mm-hmm. else. I stand behind every single one of the dishes that we have right now. That feels great. You know, and it's stuff, it's stuff to be proud for. It's just right now trying to figure out, you know, what's next. And it's the ever-changing, like, how do you make this work? You know, yeah. the constant pivots that I feel like, you know, as we've looked across all these restaurants, like everyone's doing it. You know, and I feel like we're a little bit of the underdog in the sense that, you know, I, I know we've been fortunate enough to kind of operate uh, since we opened kind of at a level with a lot of the other kind of like big dogs in the city. Mm-hmm. But it's also like a lot of those uh, bigger restaurants are also attached to like a pretty successful, you know, alcohol producing arm. <laughs> uh, and alcohol has not gone up uh, during this entire thing. So, and not to say that everyone's like that, that those profits in alcohol can completely like, you know, maintain the restaurant. But I think, or like that those, like for those businesses, but I know that like, that definitely helps. Absolutely. You know? Much, so, much better you know, margins on those drinks. Yeah. 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 And so it's been, that's been the tough part. Cause like the food that we have here, like is what we kind of hang our hat on. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been offering retail wine, you know, and anyone who's in that world knows that there's not a lot of margins on retail wine. Yeah. Um, you know, so really it's just like, it's our, it's our food, you know, and we all, we've, we've always kind of shot for like the best quality that we can. So it's like, it's always at a premium and, you know, again, trying to make sure the price point makes sense in the climate. It's cause it's like everyone, seems like people have some money, but then also don't have money. It's just like this really weird, yeah. like people aren't going out as much, but then they are going, but when they do go out, they spend more, which is nice. I don't know. It's just been I don't know, hard to read the tea leaves. Ultimately. Yeah. What, um, what are you, what are you serving now from a, from a carryout standpoint? I know you've tried different things throughout, throughout the year. So what's, what's the current menu? What's working for you? Yeah. So the current menu, so is kind of like with the start of the new year, a lot of the thoughts that we were kind of like, just thinking through is like, okay, this, the last nine months have been just painful. Like we redoing things. And I'm like, and I think all of us were looking for a little like comfort. It made us kind of like think back to, you know, the opening of the restaurant. So we're just like, okay, well, this is back when it was fun. And when it was like exciting, I'm like, maybe we just kind of like lean into some of those original dishes, you know, like those, those classic that we just like, you know, we love, we, you know, the guys who we brought back, like everyone knows how to make these things. It's something that we can, you know, control a bit more, like from like, you know, food costs so that we do know like what we're getting into, which is completely wreck and rebuilding. And there's a little bit of like that shared nostalgia that like everyone, you know, knows a commune and kind of knows of some of those dishes. So we kind of like brought back some of like the, the ones that we felt were kind of nearest and dearest to our hearts. So like the original crispy rice is back. I know mm-hmm. lots of people had been asking about that for, you know, years. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, our bolognese is back, uh, cassoulet we just brought back. It's kind of just like, it's really like the main hits from like kind of that original opening menu that we had for the first, you know, six months or so. And then the daytime is kind of similar just with a few, a few new things that we were just were concepting. Just like there's a really cool, like, um, kind of like breakfast egg sandwich that we've got. We've got a hash brown that like was, I was really pumped about just especially like, as I was thinking like, what do I just want to be eating during the daytime? Cause I'm effectively here, you know, 80 hours a week. And it's like, well, what can I have the guys make me? I'm like, I want a really good egg sandwich. Great. Uh, I want a really good half pound. Awesome. So kind of like adding those to the menu. So it's, that's been kind of the, the overall like view of the menu right now. I think mm-hmm. we're anticipating spring and summer. So, and I think even from like commune standpoint, I'm, I'm trying to relook at what worked in the beginning. And I think how do we, there's like a level of like 
risk-taking and adventurousness or adventurousness. <laughs> yeah, kind of with our menu, you know, I think when we had pivoted out of this menu originally from our opening menu into like our, our kind of like summer menu, it was just like this wreck and rebuild. Um, Cause I think we were like, yeah, like it's a new season. We got all these new things. Let's get rid of everything. Start over fresh. While that like made sense to us at the time, I don't, th you know, a lot of the guests are like, hey, where's this thing I like that I used to love? And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, you hear that enough times and you're like, okay, you can push against kind of, you know, Columbus, but at the end of the day, they're going to push back. And then you're like, yeah. where are they? I was like, it seems silly. I'm like, give people what they want. Like, yeah. I don't need to keep playing it all the time. Um, and I think that we can still remain creative in so many areas. It's just like, but there's, there's a little bit of give and take there um, that, you know, from a, a brand new restaurateur with this place is like, okay, well, how does this make sense? So anyway, this is a long, a long way of saying, you know, spring's coming, summer's coming. So it's like, okay, well, you know, what, what stays, what goes, what, what gets modified, what do we want to tweak? And just like for the, for the rest of this year, it's like, it's just hard to forecast again. Yeah. Know, there's a, a sense that things will kind of ramp up pretty fast as people get more vaccinated, feel more comfortable going out. But it's also, I, I'm just not sure how much, how much I want to push it for us. And maybe it just kind of like stays a, not simple, but you know, a bit, a bit, a bit more tried and true um, mm -hmm. for this. Year. And then once we get into 2022, maybe things feel a bit better. What do you need to see to uh, return to, to dine in? In, in particular, what do you what do you want to see? I guess in society at, at large that will make you feel comfortable with uh, bringing that aspect of business back. Yeah, I mean, we I've been getting phone calls like every day since every day since this started. Hey, are you guys going to be doing? Uh, can I get a reservation? I'm like, bro, we're in a res like we're in a pandemic right now. No, and this is you know been going on since this stuff started. My priority is the staff because at the end of the day. They're working here and there's, a, I guess they have a choice of maybe working somewhere else, but mm -hmm. they're choosing to work here and they've got their own obligations to, to worry about. And that's still the, that's my priority is like, can I create a safe environment for my staff? And if they feel comfortable, then I feel like we would be as open as they feel comfortable. So I think that's where in my kind of current line of thinking is as we're looking at, okay, what does opening look like? Is it a phase approach? Do we just do patio first? Um, a lot of it starts with the rehiring process that I'm like about to really like this week really get into. Um, and then kind of just like testing the waters with the staff and say like, you know, hey, this is what this looks like. Are you interested in getting a vaccine? Like, are you interested in this? Like, are you interested in coming to work, you know, for these things? Like, what are the risks that you've seen in other restaurants? What makes you, what, what feels good? What doesn't feel good to you? You know, because I think that's the biggest piece is creating that environment that feels comfortable for staff that they feel that they can come in and do their, you know, best work. Um, and also we feel supported. I think there was a ton of, I guess a ton of feedback that was going on last summer from a lot of service industry, just like not feeling supported. Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of feel like maybe they were put out in, in ways that were like a bit more unsafe or that they weren't being notified or wasn't transparent enough from uh, some of the businesses saying like, you know, Oh, someone tested positive for this, but we're not telling anyone. I, there's a lot of, lots of, kind of chatter in that world. And sure. so that's kind of like what I'm trying to just ultimately avoid. And again, just yeah. my general business, like from a business side, it's, you know, my goal has always been to run a commune where the staff, like take care of the staff. Staff's happy, guests will be happy, yep. you know? And that's been the goal. So as I, as we think about reopening, it, it, it's going to start with, you know, staff's first and what feels comfortable. And if they think it's 
you know, just patio service. Okay, cool. That's what we're, that, that's what, what we'll do. You know, we'll figure that part out. Um, obviously there's a numbers game too, that has to make sense from staffing to revenue and all that jazz. And, but I think that's the start. The hard part with commune is that it's a tiny place. I'm like looking behind you. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, you stand up, you're within six feet of somebody. So yeah. making that feel like an experience you want to dine in with the restrictions has always been something that kind of, I don't know, hasn't felt great to me just because yeah. I'm like, okay, well, if I can get three tables in here, sure. Maybe there's, you know, maybe that works, but it's like, is that the vibe that I want to mm -hmm. be people like commune was known for just like a very specific you know, environment and atmosphere that we had. And I think having that reduced to like, you know, having a weird plastic cubicle around you or something else, like I get that works for other places, but I'm like, I, it, we don't have enough space in here and it just feels a bit off for me. Not to say we won't go down that path if, if, if you know, we set up some dividers and whatnot, but it's just like the restaurant is not built um, kind of with that in mind. So lots of thoughts on that. I mean, I, I've been contemplating, like, do I rip out all this, you know, all the tables and redo things completely? Like, what's this new world look like? What, what does, what makes sense? I, again, I have a lot more questions than I have answers <laughs> today. But again, it, it just goes back to that, that, that safety component. One other question for you here, and then, uh, then I can let you get back, uh, get back to work. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day for me. You mentioned that from the beginning, you, you, thought this was going to be a long process. I, I, I've done a, a fair amount of interviews where people were like, ah, I thought it would be a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months. You're actually one of the few uh, that said that, no, no, this is going to be longer than, um, was there, um, was there any point you didn't think you were going to make it? With, or, or were you pretty confident oh, yeah. that, that you had a, a plan to, to kind of manage this? So ultimately I'm a, I would say I'm a pessimist, but I'm a, more of like a realist. Yeah. Like, I just, I, I, you know, there's a, so that's part of who I am. But another part of who I am is that I'm a problem solver. That's like one of my superhero abilities is just like always to figure something out. I will always figure it out. And I think when this stuff started happening, we don't have like gigantic financial backers. We have like the me, it's like, this is a small thing. It's, it's, it's all tied up into, you know, it's just like a, the, I guess the, the, the downside and the risk weighs on my shoulders very heavily and my wife's shoulders as she's, you know, <laughs> uh, wrapped in the stew, you know, and I think at some point, right when the pandemic had started and everything was kind of shut down, like it was super depressing. Like, you know, it was like watching this thing that we had built up just kind of like die. And especially when I think about the way that the industry, and again, like this long view in my head of like, this is not going to be over quickly. It's like, I don't know when these jobs are going to come back. You know, so just kind of seeing these, these roles get like kind of decimated and just what that means, everything was very heavy. Once we got into, I don't know, maybe it was like April or early May, like my wife was like, Joe, like you'll figure it out. You always do. Like, and that kind of gave me this thing of like, okay, yes. What does this mean? What can we, excuse me, like, what do we need to do here? Mm -hmm. um, and that's where some of these things were kind of helpful, you know, like the first run of PPP. It's like, okay, how does this, how do we make this work? Once it all made sense and we're like, okay, well, we can get some things forgiven. Like this does make sense. This does give us some runway to operate. And I think we can operate within, you know, you're kicking the can down the road. And at some point the can gets a lot shorter. If it wasn't for, I would say the PPP, both rounds, really, we would not exist for sure. Yeah. I mean, restaurants, 
aren't like there's not a lot of money in restaurants from like a just an overall revenues like there's re like there's revenue but not a lot of profit you know everyone kind of thinks like oh it takes like five years for a restaurant to like break even and i'm like well do you really know what that means that means you're losing money all those years and that yeah. money comes from somewhere it's not just like an accounting trick it's like no that's true usually it's really like you know it's money that that, that is not existing to be you know 18 months two years into a, a restaurant and then have this kind of stuff happen it was like oh, what does this mean what can we do will we survive this and i think it's just this incredibly challenging piece because again there's no perfect playbook for how to handle this i think every business has been handling this differently from like i mentioned before like some people using the original ppp to like support their staff immediately with wages mm -hmm. well then when they change things to say well now you've got six months to use it and you can do this they burned up all that cash that they could have used yep. and so by following the rules it actually like hurt you in a way because now you need to jump in and I don't know, figure something else out. That's just been the hardest part is trying to like apply these like varying degrees of like rule stipulations on how to kind of like use and keep your business running all while to me, it's like trying to take this, like there's like this, you know, moral approach of like, how do you keep people safe? I mean, and it's like, what matters more? Is it making a profit or keeping people safe? And then it's like, well, what's the middle? Like, how do you do some of, you know, some, I guess, sales and just, it, it just has been this, you know, constant moving target this entire time. But yeah, I mean, I had a, you know, I, I think the reality of it came, I want to say late November of 2020. Um, I was talking with my CPA and just kind of going over just like kind of the year where things were at, you know, and he had said to me, he's like, what do you think the, what's the percentage that you go bankrupt mm -hmm. in the, you know, in the next year? And I was like, I don't know, maybe 20%, you know, like it's, it's a reality. That's mm -hmm. a real possibility, but I think it's like 20%. He's like, I think it's 90%. You're in an incredibly hard field. We don't know when things are going to come back to normal. It's not like you were a business that had been around for, you know, years and had been proven profits. It's like, you still have been, you know, you're in the opening begin beginnings of a business. It's like, you know, do you think you'll do better than what you were doing before? Mm -hmm. And he's just like, I just think you should really take a hard look at these things and plan for bankruptcy which to me that hit the hardest mm -hmm. as far as like, man, this is, there's a very good chance this is all going to like go away. And then, so that was another conversation. It was like, okay, well, what does that look like? Okay. We have to sell our house. We got to sell all, you know, all these assets that we've got are tied up in the restaurant. All these things go away. You know, it just, it's very, you know, humbling, you know, and just like, okay, well, what do we do? But it's also the type of thing where, you know, again, to me, it's like, it kind of lights the fire. It's like, okay, well, that's not going to happen. What do we need to do? And that's where kind of some of these conversations of, of well, maybe we got to lean into this. Maybe we got to like really push. So we had met and I've got like a little tiny board of advisors that I kind of talk with, you know, from other like uh, in the business that kind of help me when I'm needing some direction on a few different things and some of their experience, you know, so we met at the end of the year and kind of built a plan of like, this is what we would need to do to kind of get through this. Um, this is before that second round of PPP was even, it was kind of talked about, but nothing guaranteed that's kind of like, you know, it felt like a good plan at least to start um, to put in place. And that's kind of where we're at now is like the plan is like it's executing. It's not as well as I want it to be, but that's the nature of all these things, but it definitely, things are feeling more optimistic now than they have in a very long time, whether it's just like a new administration, uh, people kind of like just, you know, seeing the numbers go down. I mean, from mm -hmm. the 10,000 a day, you know, that we were in October, 
um, to now just like a thousand, like that seems like, you know, under that it's like, this, this is, this is easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's just, now it just is like this logistical game of, you know, what do we want to do? What makes sense? Um, how do the numbers make sense for the business? And how do we do that safely? Gotcha. I don't want to say we're out of the woods. Feels like 2021 should be okay. I think we'll figure out. And that's like this, this, you know, commune 2.0 that I'm trying to like just envision, like how do we, you know, restaff and just kind of, you know, reset from where we were in this new world and like, how has dining changed? What are some of the long-term effects of that? You know, takeout's probably going to stay for a long time. So mm -hmm. I think like we'll continue doing that. Um, dining in with the guests, you know, you know, again, like what's the interaction between server and guests? Like all these things that I just, I'm not sure what it's going to mean for the commune, but I know that once we start kind of staffing up, we'll get a better sense and, you know, comfortability and kind of go from there. Sounds good. Can you, uh, can you think of anything else I haven't asked you about? Yeah. Well, I mean, not that I can think of, I mean, it's just, you know, like anything else, these, these things are incredibly challenging to make work in a good year. So it's just <laughs> been this wild journey, you know, and to think of just, it's just tough. I think on all accounts, I think everyone who's in this world in the service industry, owning, you know, bars, restaurants, been trying to make it work um, for a long time. And it's been stressful for everybody. And then to go from like, it's very stressful. And now the now opening back up stress is it's not like it's any easier. It's just like a different type of stress. So it's like, we're jumping from one frying pan into another, which is like, you know, at least this hopefully, uh, I don't know, a more comfortable fry, I suppose. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's really hard. And I think the, the piece that, you know, me and some other peers and stuff talk about is just hopefully, you know, the smaller businesses like commune, you know, these independent owners, don't just all go away and that we're just stuck with, you know, more chain restaurants, which is fine. You know, they're doing, they're doing their thing too, but I think there definitely is this, you know, restaurants like commune, like uh, they just provide the color of Columbus, you know, mm -hmm. like a little bit extra, you know, difference that kind of sets, sets us apart. And it's, I just know it's been super tough for, you know, all of us and even the path while feeling decent ahead is, is there's no sure thing here. Yeah. Um, I just hope that we can all kind of like get through it kind of stronger and better together. So it seems a positive, good, nice, positive note to, uh, uh, to end on Joe. I appreciate, um, you giving me some time today. Well, you have a good one. Yeah, you as well. Thank you, sir.